This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, so you're home all day with the kids. What's that like? Plus, Biz is scared of an uncertain future, Teresa is on edge, and we talk to Anne Napolitano about her new novel, Dear Edward. Woo! Teresa, before I ask you how you're doing, yeah. I'm just going to shove you aside yeah. because there's something very important mm-hmm. that we need to announce. Max Fun Drive is right around the corner. Like, it's like imminently. It's coming. It's coming up right behind you. you. Yeah. Ah, What's that? (laughs) Back there. It's the Max Fun Drive. It's there. The last two weeks of March, this March, the month that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. March 16th, it starts. This is the time, real quick, all I want to say is this is the time you want to be listening to the shows as they come out. Yep. And you want to be on the social media with the One Bad Mothers. Yes. Okay. So Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, at One Bad Mothers. You want to be on it because we've made videos again. Yeah, we made videos. They're really fun. <laughs> oh, and so- plus, there's just other yes. stuff that will be going on, like outside of the days that the shows come out. Yeah. There will also be other stuff on other days. Yes. One Bad Mother related. I mean, the whole point of this is fundraising to support the show and keep the show going. But as part of that, we always make sure to also make it fun and do some like community building things and connect with you guys a little more than we normally get a chance to during the course of the year. So there's always fun stuff going on. We basically ignore our children and families for like It's actually true. It really is. It is is actually true. And then at the end, when it's over, we're like, where am I? What am I supposed to be doing right now? (laughs) You're really tall. When did that happen? So Max Fun Drive coming up. Keep it on your radar. Teresa, how are you? Oh, I... (laughs) kind of hate everything today. <laughs> I'm feeling agitated. Oh, agitated. Okay, so, I mean, there isn't even, like, that much to say. It's just that's where I'm at right now. You guys know when you get to that place. <laughs> You're being we stung have... by a thousand bees all the time. It is. It's like... <laughs> Or it's just like the bees are taking turns, you know, like there's a thousand bees. Some of them are being really friendly and I'm feeling like, oh, I'm good with bees. Like bees, I know how to be calm with bees and keep calm with them. I know what they need. I know what to do with them. But then simultaneously, some other part of the swarm is stinging me just over and over again. And then they're going to take turns. Yeah. So I'm oh. a little tired. I, I'm tired of bees. Tired of bees. I'm tired of <laughs> trying to sleep when there's bees oh, around me. Yeah. Um, and not being able to sleep because it's hard to sleep when you're mm-hmm. in a swarm. That's what it's called, a swarm, a right? Swarm. Yo, yeah, to, a swarm of thinking, bees. Uh, is a group of bees the scientific name a sack of bananas? <laughs> or... Or is it a swarm? It's one of the two. It's a sack of bees. (laughs) Um, Don't upset it. Or a swarm of sacks of bananas. Could be a swarm of bananas. (laughs) Either Um, way, you don't want them near you. No, (laughs) no. None of this is enjoyable. No. 
So uh, let's see. Gracie is about to transfer schools. Mm. The only update on that is I think it's mostly positive. I'm really excited about the new school. I think it's going to be really great. But it's just that transitional moment right now. So there's... Nobody feels like things are normal right now. Like even the other kids, everybody's a little just off their normal track. Like people, nothing is, there's no routine. Everything is, everything is iffy. Like there's no, no, but you can't, can't predict how people are going to be reacting in any given moment. That's stressful. (laughs) Really, really stressful. It's iffy. And then like. I have a three-year-old and he he's like not napping at home anymore, mm. which is okay. It's yeah. like not the end of the world. Like I've been through this before. <laughs> like there's a lot of other stuff going on. So it's not like my primary right. thing, but he still really needs a nap, like really bad. Mm. And so like yesterday, like Saturday, I did the thing of he just didn't end up napping because I just couldn't get him to take yeah. a nap. Like it just didn't happen. And he was a wreck. And then Sunday, he was even more of a wreck because mm. he hadn't napped on Saturday. And so I ended up like driving him to get him to go to sleep and then carrying him in. Wow. And he ended up taking a really late nap. So then he was <sighs> up really late. Yeah. So I so I didn't have I didn't have like my time last night. Yeah. You know? No, I know. And I I'm know kinda the time. used to that time now. Yeah. And so then and now it's day. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's day. And the bees are swarming. It's just all that yeah, stuff. No, it's none all of that it, stuff. It's like I could tell you all the details, but you guys know. Yeah. You guys are living this right yeah. along with me. That's right. It's if it's not one thing, it's the other. Yeah. Damn the other. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent correct. I like calling it a case of the ifs or a case of the iffy. It's iffy. It's iffy. Yeah. I like that. It's it's iffy. Iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do just want to say, side note real quick. Good job with all that you are doing and handling in terms of Gracie's school stuff. Oh, thanks. You are doing a good job like being her advocate and like it's a lot of change change is scary for some of us and like you never know what it it just opens a whole sack of bananas it does and yet you're doing it i am and i just want to say i see you thank you i really appreciate it's a big deal no i that means a lot to me yeah yes thank you how are you I have a case of the iffies, uh-huh. but it's it's more about okay. All right, you you might have heard that something called the coronavirus, COVID nineteen little thing happening, mm-hmm. right? And uh, first, I just want to say that a good place for information is the World Health Organization mm-hmm. and the CDC. Yeah. These are two really good resources to be going to get questions answered and information you may need. But in terms of the iffy, I find myself in this uncertain place of, is this a flu? Is it the Black Death? But one thing I feel more certain about than the future of what the virus actually is and will do is <laughs> that there's a really good chance they're going to shut down some schools oh, and yeah. shit. I mean, we're in California, guys. Oh, yeah. They're going to shut down some stuff mm-hmm. and we're all going to have to stay home. Mm. And to mm. me, that currently, because I don't know what to do about 
the virus. Gotta keep washing right. my hands. That one isn't that, that's actually, really on you. That's not on me. Exactly. I'm just gonna yeah. wash my hands and cough into my elbow and do all the hygiene stuff I know I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Be a little more fervent on stop picking your nose. Stop picking your nose on mm. my kids, right? Mm. But like what I feel fairly certain about is there's going to be a moment in which we might have to stay home mm. for an extended unplanned period of time. <laughs> Which to me is a shit ton scarier than the virus. Uh, and that is in no disrespect to this virus, okay? And to like those, like the real problems that have come along with this virus for many people in the world. But it does tie in nicely to what we are going to talk about today, which is what is it really like when you stay at home all day with the kids. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. You're staying home all day with the kids, whether it is by choice because you're a stay-at-home parent, whether it is a holiday break, whether it is summer, whether it is a vacation, pretty much any time you're home, like a weekend. I was going to interject <laughs> a that. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah. A weekend. Yeah. I Where think weekends are even more, more just because, like, if you're a stay-at-home parent, you usually aren't staying home with your kids all yeah, day during right. the week. Like, you're Maybe doing, you have an you're doing errands or doing an activity. Yeah. But weekends, yeah. It, none of this, I am not including sick days in this. Okay. Just because sick days sometimes feel like a pass for television all day, right? Okay. Like, or there might be sleeping. The child is not... At their full capacity. Okay. Okay? So Got it. That works as an advantage to me. If my child is not at full given Lawrence child potential, then that doesn't stress me out as much. So I, I, I would like to not include sick days if okay. that is all right. <gasps> so my only yeah. thing about that is like sometimes if you have more than one kid— mm-hmm. You're staying at home all day because one kid is sick. Yes. But the other kids are not. But yeah. you're still making the decision. We're just going to all stay home. We're going to all stay home. You know what okay. I mean? Like, Well, that I think, that is, I think, its own unique thing. So okay. I think that could be included. Okay. okay. So at least it's like 50% any- <laughs> of your house is <laughs> yeah. at full capacity. Yeah. You're not just like tending to a sick person right. all day. Okay. You're also doing others. You're You're making a plan to be at home all day. All day. Yeah. All right. So you wake up. (laughs) They're going to be there all day. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go to sleep. Mm. But I want to, as I was writing that out in my notes, until they're with you, you're all there until you go to bed. And then I thought, well, that's not a true statement because what is going to bed? Right. Sometimes it's just having your kids at home all night, possibly waking you up. Mm-hmm. So you're not, it's not like you're like, ah, end of day. Right. Time for rest and repose. 
Right. It's it could be a complete carnival yeah. all night. Yeah. So with that said, I just want to ask like initial thought, like your initial instinct. Teresa, you're staying home all day with your children. Initial thought. Great. Okay. They, if I'm being honest. Okay. Okay. That is, is honest. Yeah. That, Can I say why? Yeah. Okay. I think that usually <laughs> when I'm when I make that decision, like mm-hmm. I think we're just gonna stay home all day, it comes to me as a bit of a relief because for me, I well, I'm kind of a homebody, but mm-hmm. I also find it just really challenging to leave the house with my kids. Like yeah. that's that's hard, and being out in the world is anxiety provoking for me, especially right. with my kids. And so the idea of staying home feels like like it's like less energy. It seems right. Seems when I initial... think about it as like initially I don't have to go anywhere. I can right. just stay in my pajamas. We can do stuff at home. It will be okay. We don't have to deal with leaving the house and all that that entails. Like it feels like I'm taking stuff off my plate when I oh. initially think, think of it. When you think yes. of staying home yes. with the kids. That makes sense. My initial thought is, oh, no. Right. I have the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, I I am sort of a homebody, but Uh I like to be an alone body. Right. (laughs) So my first instinct is like, no. And this is is interesting. I want to say why I think it's no. And I think it's because when... The kids were younger. Katie Bell is 10. Ellis is 6. So I had a couple of years with Katie Bell at home as by herself. And then Ellis was a baby, and I still had to do stuff with Katie Bell at home for various times. Weekends, Stefan traveled a lot, all that stuff. I used to make plans. We would... I had plans for us. We would go out or I'd come up with art projects or I would come up with science experiments. We had bubbles in the backyard. I mean, like, every once in a while I walk through the garage and I'm like, oh, I remember we used to do that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And I think my oh no is that I've definitely stopped. My first instinct is not what shall we do? What fun thing can I plan to do with the kids? And... uh, also, the sort of reality that if I do do all that, one of them's not going to want to do it, mm-hmm. or they're going to complain about it, or it's going to lead to a fight, mm-hmm. or it's just going to be a lot of work, and I'm just going to tell them to watch TV while I clean it all up. Yep. Right? And yep. like, <laughs> and so I'm just like, eh, like, yeah. And I have found that the day, like, even if the night before, I'm like, we're all home, man. This is where we all are. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, we are home. It's Saturday or it's whatever. That I have anxiety a little bit the night before. If I don't feel like we've made any sort of, like, free-range days, do not work well. Mm. They just don't, like, everybody go do your own thing. We'll figure it out as we go. I find causes more trouble. Mm-hmm. And, two. When I wake up, even if I wake up thinking, we're going to do it, an hour in to the day, I'm like, I'm done. 
I don't want to be near anybody. Are they done too? Or no, is they're it just fine. You? It's they're fine. just me. Interesting. It's just me. So Because I feel like I have a little bit of that. Like, I have that. So the way I was describing yeah. my, like, my feelings about it, it it's not really accurate. That's right. just my feeling. Yeah. And so then when we actually do a day like this... I totally have that thing where it's not an hour in. It's usually like a few hours in that it starts to feel like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. This is very bad. (laughs) This is not. We need to go somewhere. Go somewhere. And usually the worst part about that is usually with my kids, unless we've been really clear from the get go that at 1 p.m. we are going to do X, Y and Z out out of the house. Yep. My kids, by the time it's 1 p.m., they're like, I'm not going anywhere today. Yeah. I'm staying home all day. Like they they yeah. they're not ready for that. And it's a and it's a whole thing. So I have to I have to plan ahead too. And it's definitely more I think it's definitely more them than it is me because mm. I still don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm still happy being at home. Like I can busy myself at home, no problem. But for them, they've sort of started climbing the walls. Yeah. Like they might not be like conscious of it, but their moods have gone south. Like they need yes. more. And this is even I'm not talking about that we've spent all morning on screens. No, I'm talking yeah, about just... like even if there were no screens all morning, by like one o'clock, it's like people need real fresh air. Yeah. Like really to get at least go for a long walk. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, or at least play outside for a while. Yes. Which makes me think about, like, we are very privileged to live in a place where most of the time the weather is conducive to going outside in some way, shape, yeah, or form. that is true. And there's plenty of... I mean, like, you guys who have snow days regularly... And have days where you really can't, you really can't or shouldn't <laughs> go out unless right. it's an emergency. Like I feel like you guys have a special. It's like it's like me, just like assuming. Well, they must know how to do. Yeah, this. yeah. Like they must because they do this regularly, so they right. must. Ha- they know I'm, how to handle. I that. have a hunch that, like everything in parenting. Yeah. It's something people get better and better at over time, but it's still, there are some things that are just way fucking harder than other things in parenting, depending on your circumstances. I don't think I'm getting better and better at, like, for example, the staying home thing. Like, that's interesting. Like, I feel... But you would if you had to. Well, right, like, you but, would like... If you, you if you knew that, like, if you knew that they're going to be home for a couple weeks, yeah. you would be like, I need to Well, we say win that, this. but we always like, hear summer break and I come back like a shell of a person. <laughs> like, I always know it's because spring break's just around the corner. True. I got nothing. Yeah. So... Listening to you talk about, I'm happy at home. I can find something to do. Yeah. It's the kids. I feel like, and I feel like this is true for me, too, when I think we're home all day. Yeah. That I'm I'm hanging out with, like, my roommates. Like, uh-huh. we're all going to be, like, yeah. hanging out, like, watching movies. Yeah. Then we'll all go do our own thing. For a little while. Maybe we'll like, make a put meal on a together. Record. Yeah. Like we can read, but I mean, like everybody's happy doing their own thing. Yeah, I can stay home all day with my family if that was the case. Right. But it's not. Not. Yeah. It's not. And 
there are definitely these windows and phases where they want total opposite things. So let's say we were to be like, all right, we have to get out of out of the house. Let's go to X. One will be like, yes. The other will be like, no. And then it's like, do you have to do the, well, you're coming, right? Yeah. And then you're, we're all miserable yeah. again because yeah. somebody's in a mood, yeah. right? And something that I think I want to Or make, in my case, I can't, if it's just me and there are three people, yeah. three kids, yes. I can't make them go on a walk if yeah. one of them doesn't want to. Unless it's Curtis, in which case I could carry him. Yeah. But And I have to carry Grace and Oscar sometimes in life, but yeah. I'm not going to carry them for a whole walk. No. I can't do that. Yeah. It's really hard. I feel like that's a struggle trying to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. It's that being home all day with your family makes you really aware of how you're all people oh, with yes. different yes. desires. And it's I, like the bees, man. It's like the bees. Some it's of like the bees are doing on, one thing. Yeah, some, some of the, of the bees, bees are doing... You know, when, it's, when no one's staying home, when it's a school day, everybody's like, let's have games. Let's play games. Yeah. Like, never play. All right. We're yeah. home all day. Let's play games. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or I want to play this. I don't want to play that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I find myself by 2 o'clock being like, that's it. Yeah. I am tired of the yelling for no reason. Yeah. I am tired of the everything is awful. <laughs> right? Like, bah, it's not awful. You have, you're like, do, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I do. Let's get garbage bags and go through your room and throw away all your stuff. Oh right? <laughs> <laughs> no. More. Something... I realized as well, <laughs> something I realized as well is there is an assumption that when we say we're home all day with kids, that it's just us. Right. It's not. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Weekends, yeah. for example. Some weekends. Some weekends, depending, on, depending your on your family. Right. At some point, you're all there if you are in mm-hmm. a partnered relationship. Yeah. You're all there. And that adds a different twist yeah. to the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll... <laughs> <laughs> the the end. end of that. <laughs> Tangent. But Tangent like, over. But in reality, it is like maybe that we definitely had days where like Stefan will be like, all right, this weekend, I'm going to take the kids to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, that is great. Mm-hmm. But by like 10 o'clock, there's been no movement mm-hmm. towards this, this, and this. Or like it's been very easily sidetracked into doing that. Uh-huh. Right? And yeah. then it's like, it's getting, it's getting pretty late. Do they know that there's a this, this, and that? Are you going to? Lots of times by like 3 o'clock, I'll be like, I feel like the jerk is like, were were you guys were you gonna still go, gonna go somewhere? out and do that thing? And he'll be like, No, everybody seems pretty happy around here. And I'm like, I'm not happy around yeah. here. I expected you guys to go yeah. out. Like I had yeah. some expectation, right? Yeah. Like even though I get it, yeah. But I'm like, it, and that's all about the two of us operating, yeah, differently, yes, and how. We see the children's, like, emotional needs. Right. <laughs> right? In terms of prep, not prep. Right. Things like that. And that's fine. 
I am, but like that can really throw a yeah. monkey wrench in it. Or yeah. like Steph and I've had to work really hard on communicating. Like if he says he's got work to do when we're all home, I'm like, I need you to tell me what that means. Yeah. Is that two hours? Yeah. And I'm going to add an hour to that. Yeah. Is that like you need to be in the house or out of the house? When is that yeah. time going to be? Like That's really we ha- smart. We have to yeah. do it. But even then, it yeah. it's still not perfect. Yeah. Because no. sometimes I'll have to be like, and you have to announce when you're going to do it. You can't yeah. just wander off because we're watching television. I won't have realized that the work time has started. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. like when this is yeah. over... Am I now responsible? Right. right? Like, yes. I feel it's very easy for communication to get lost. That's true. When we're all, when we're all home. home. I'm totally with you on that. Because we that's how we get to, like, the default parent yes. thing. Like, one parent yes. happens to be doing something with the kids, and the other parent will just slip away. Yeah, sure. And then that time, and then the parent doing something with the kids is like, well, I'm done doing this thing. Yeah. Am I just parenting now, now am i yeah. is it just me like do, do I, I need to set a timer yeah do yeah. i do i come up with something new should yeah. we and then i feel like the joke is like how much longer yeah. are you working yeah and then or like are you like because are Jesse, you working well because yeah because jesse has like a home office yeah. and he mostly is working when he's in there mm-hmm. but sometimes he's not sometimes he just goes in there because we're doing something else yeah. that he's not involved in right and sometimes i'm a little bit like so. It's okay if you're working, but like, are you? If you're not working, can you like come yeah. back? Because whoever <laughs> I'm falls to primary parent wise in yeah. those situations, it's like, all right, am I about to have to like also like come up with like being in charge? Yeah. Of shifting the responsibility as yeah. well. Yeah. Or can we all do it? together right you know like yeah yeah it is i think there's this fantasy of we're all gonna play board games we're all gonna have a sing-along we're all going to the park and then reality sits in and it's like you guys go to the park i'm gonna do this thing here that i need to do or maybe three of us are super competitive and one of us is not Stefan. and so game play may not be as much fun right like there are We'll all go outside, but somebody's got a magazine. <laughs> yeah. What's that mean? <laughs> right? right? Like, and I think, <laughs> why? <laughs> right? Fucking hilarious. <laughs> right? We're, We're like, all going to go outside, but somebody's, yeah. But somebody's got a magazine. Yeah. <laughs> That's telling a story. It is. Right? Yeah. So, we have that, only it's, <laughs> we're all going to go for a hike to the lake, and somebody brought a book. <laughs> To read at the lake. <laughs> I know. But that is indicating a separate set of plans. It is. Yeah. It really and is. So I think if we were going to wrap up the discussion of being home all day with your family, I think we've got to bridge the gap between, yay, it's a stay home day. We're all in our 20s. And yeah. That's how this is going to go down. Yeah. And... A lot of communication about expectations from the people in the house that may actually be over 20. Yes. Right? Yeah. And more than usual. Right. Yeah. And so, just to come back to the idea, I just want to end on this, this yeah. very funny story. Okay. I was saying to Stephen, if we were to have to be like at home, yeah. 
for like quote unquote quarantine period because yeah. schools yeah. are shut and work's shut, whatever. What do you see us doing? Like, what do you? What's one of your ideas? And he was like, "Okay, I think we would probably do some sort of like epic Rube Goldberg like marble run that starts at one side of the house and we work on it all day and it <laughs> and it build like it goes through and we do this whole thing." And I was like, "That that is a, that's a really good idea." The first idea I had was like movie marathon for three weeks yeah (laughs) it's time to watch every episode of happy days ever made (laughs) right like just like i think there's this image like of we're all home something serious is happening right so we're all gonna like laura ingles out and like totally like bond as a family in a way and like really the kids are gonna understand that like this isn't about just watching tv we're gonna like really do something like life change and then i'm Uh like it ain't gonna be like that at all yeah we're going to be so angry at each other in like (laughs) 48 hours One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove.co. Healthy, plant-based, non-toxic cleaning products work, and the good ones can actually be more enjoyable to use. But where do you start and who do you trust? That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Those were the very questions I was asking, along with 70% of people who want to use natural products. But only 2% do. Why? Because shopping natural products is hard. And then you've got Grove Collaborative. Say goodbye, rabbit holes. Grove Collaborative delivers all-natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Join over 2 million lifetime customers who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. And shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time when listeners go to grove.co slash mother... You will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove. That's a $30 value. So go to grove.co slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 9485. That's 206 350 9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. I realized that I don't really need to tell Oscar to buckle his seatbelt anymore. And this is why this is a genius. There was a time where I was so irritated with how long it would take him to realize he was in the car. Yeah. Sit down in his seat. Find the seatbelt. 
untwisted or whatever it needs because it's still he has the like high back booster thing so sometimes it's twisted whatever yeah and then buckle himself in and so even when I was trying to be really calm I would tell him slash ask him to buckle his seatbelt like 10 times like 10 different ways because he would also he would always be talking at the same time about something and I would say like you know can you Buckle yourself in and then we can talk about it. Or like strap yourself in. Here we go. We gotta go. I can't go until you strap yourself in. I have a snack for you. You can't have it till you strap yourself in. We're okay, I hear you, but can you please strap yourself in before like just so many yeah. and I just got so tired of hearing my own voice yeah. and waiting for this to happen. And there I just started to realize he just takes a little longer to do it mm. than I want him to, but he knows what he needs to do yeah. and he does it. So if I just use that time to strap Curtis into his car seat and get myself in the car, turn on the car, buckle myself in and like plug my phone in or yeah, whatever. All stuff. By the time I do all that, the car is on and he knows he needs to be buckled in and he's always buckled in by then. Like, I don't need to, like, manage it. I just need, I do need to help him, like, get to the car. Yeah. But, like, he know like, I it was like that thing where I was like, you, oh, he knows what to do. I don't need to be in, like, I yeah. can just shut up. You tried something different. Yeah. You What a good job. Yeah, that's so much better this that's way, so by the way. That's so much better. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, I'm reading again. It's not like a lot. It's not like I'm, you know, I don't have a stack by the bed, but it all started with like uh, the latest Lee Child beat him up Jack Reacher book that I really like. And those are all, I'm always like when one of those come out, they're just really fun to read and I like to read them. So I'm able to kind of commit. Then I followed that up with another book, the Elvis Cole Joe Pike series by Robert Crace. And I was like, oh, there's a new one of those. And I went to the library and I got it. And I was like, Oh, this is a pleasure to read, like when I'm waiting to pick up the kids or, you know, like I'm reading at different times. Yeah. Not reading before bed, actually. Wow. I'm reading like waiting if I get to the school a little early, 10 minutes like here. Like times where you would be on your phone. Oh, yes. Times yeah. where I would be on my phone. I'm instead reading. And I think because I kind of were, was doing it with two books that like I know are comfort zones for me yeah I then was like I have this stack of cozy mysteries that because of a book club that my sister gets me every year I get cozy sent to me every month I was like uh, let's just see what happens if I keep doing this and I just keep the book in my purse or in my car like I used to before phones in New York where every yeah. time I was waiting in line I had a book yeah right like that's how I used to live. Yes. And I've been enjoying it tremendously. And I, I got the little notice really from my phone that. that was like, your screen time is down by like, you know, 25%. Yeah. And I was like, that's great because usually it's just garbage that I'm doing. Yeah. Anywho, I feel really, really good about that's it. That's awesome. Yes, thank you. Hi, one bad mother. I am calling with a genius. Um, and this is the second time I've done this, so I'm hoping I didn't already call the first time, but it's that much of a genius that I am this excited. So often I am trying to eat my breakfast in the car, taking my son, you know, wherever he's almost to. And instead of eating a granola bar or string cheese, I wanted to have actual food. Um, so I try making oatmeal, but... It's much better when it's hot 
and it's hard to get it to fit in my car without spilling. So I use my little coffee thermos so it fits in my cup holder and it keeps it warm the whole time that I'm eating it. And I feel like a genius for having a hot actual food breakfast on the go. You're doing a great job and so am I. Bye. I love this. Yeah, it's good. This is multifunctional though. This isn't just like about like hot oatmeal for you, which is also is really good. Yeah. To have like something warm like that in your car. Yeah. Like that's nice in the morning when you're like, yeah. right? But it's also a potential thing for kids. Like if you also needed to have something warm. Like I just realized like listening to you, I was like, I send soup to school with my kids in a thermos. Why can't I send oatmeal yeah. to school for their lunch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is about to be oatmeal lunch week. <laughs> anyway, you're a genius. Good job taking care of yourself. Good job using uh, the materials at hand. You are doing a great job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, so I recently talked about on the show that I have been using this book called Calmer, Easier, Happier Parenting, and it has been really, really helpful. The fail is I thought that I could just do it myself, and Jesse would be able to just not read the book and kind of just pick up on stuff I was doing, and I could just, like, tell him little tidbits, um, which he's really receptive to, but, like, it's not the same as reading the book. And so... There have just been some things like there's things about this approach that are really like really specifically different from things that we have done in our house. And I just it's like one of those things where I just I think I just was too tired to do the extra heavy lifting Mm. of being like, let's talk this through like together as co-parents, how we're going to handle these kinds of things when they come up. I just kind of thought, oh, I'll just hope for the best. Like, we'll just figure it out. And yesterday in the evening, we had like a huge conflict with one of our kids that Jesse and I were both there for. And so we were both handling it in totally different ways that were not conducive. Mm. And it just made everything so much worse so quickly. And it it was so hard for me to figure out how to walk it back. And at one point I just said to him, like, I'm just going to ask you to, like, not be part of this anymore. And I'm going to do it. And he was like, yes. Like, he he was like, like, we we were being good to each other. We just did it. We just couldn't do the thing together at all. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, sure, definitely. Like, whatever, you know, whatever (laughs) you think. But it was, like, pretty much too late at that point. Mm. And so then he came home. He had to go out. He had to go to work. And then he came home later. And I was like, I know we really need to, like, talk about this. But I'm so tired right now. I Like, I can't. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I don't think, like, I don't even know when that will be. Yeah. And so I think I just have to have him read the book, I guess. And, but I, do you know yeah, what I mean? No, like, it I've, just... Yeah, it's not even it's not even a fail 
Exactly, except for that I just hate that it has to be yeah. so complicated. Like, I just hate yes. how many steps are involved in this. There are a lot in of layers. In getting better at this. Yeah, like, there are a lot of layers uh, in this getting better at this onion. Yes. And so, yeah, no, I I get where the fail is lurking about. Yes, thank you. Well, you're doing a horrible job oh, I know. trying to make a difference in <laughs> how you parent. You should just use that book the way it was intended and throw it at the door when you're mad. <laughs> it's dumb, but <laughs> I still feel... Last night, I bit my tongue, and I bit it like almost... Ooh. Like almost a little piece of it off. Oh, my God. Yeah, it hurt. It hurts so bad. Like, I bit it while eating hot fondue. Oh. <laughs> and then I had to stop eating the fondue. Yeah. And, which was sad, because I was not yet full of cheese. That's so sad. And I was, like, sticking it in a glass of water. Like, uh-huh. and his parents were there. And oh, I was like, no. and now I've just stopped eating, and suddenly I'm not, like, like sticking things in water and trying to do compresses on it, you know, just to get it to stop. Yeah. And, uh, it, like, I mean, it hurt. All night. It was not good. And then I, like, he had to read to the kids. And I was like, oh, this is really hard to read to the kids, right? (laughs) Accents are hard with a tongue injury. And then this morning, I woke up and I was like, tongues are amazing. Look at how it's, like, healed and, like, really, like, back. And this is good. And then with my very first bite of (gasps) oatmeal... I did not necessarily bite it, but I did something to it. Okay. And it immediately reminded me, you're not okay. Yeah. And uh, it just feels like, it's, see, it's not like it's like a fail, like I've, you know, ruined my children's life or anything. But, like, it just feels like another thing mm-hmm. that makes things a little harder, mm-hmm. especially things that I enjoy, like talking Mm-hmm. And eating. Yeah, it sounds like being a person. Yeah, being a, a person yeah. fail. Oh, tongues. <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> hey, Biz and Teresa, this is Tyler with a fail. I was going to call you yesterday because I rolled up to work in my husband's car without the key I needed to open the entire shop. Um... And was like, God damn it, I did it again. This is like the third time I've driven my husband's car to work and not had my work key. So luckily my husband was off and he just drove me the key and it really, it was whatever. But then today we switched back and, uh, and the key was still on my husband's keychain when I drove my car to work. So I got to work today with no key again but i just think it's like of course oh yeah yeah you're just failing all over the place yeah you have used a failure key to unlock the failure offices (laughs) you are doing it does stink when you're like Oh, and then it's the next day, and it's on the yeah. keychain, or yeah. it's in the purse, or it's in the other pants, or it's in the, right? Like, yeah. you're doing, you know, this is all because you're trying to be a person in the world with kids. 
in your life. So, you know, you're doing a horrible job. <laughs> Definitely. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Third Love. Surprise, not all boobs are alike. That is why I love my Third Love bra, because they have half cup sizes, as well as all the regular cup sizes, uh, which makes it much easier to find a bra that fits. Yeah, so Third Love uses the measurements of millions of people to design bras in over 80 sizes. Third Love is designed to be super comfortable with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you guys already know this, you can return it to Third Love and they will wash it and donate it to someone in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash mother now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mother for 15% off today. This week's interview with Anne Napolitano has a brief discussion about the subject matter of her new book, which involves a plane crash with only one survivor who is a child. We talk about moving through anxiety as a parent. Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. Teresa, this week we are talking to Anne Napolitano. Her new novel, Dear Edward, debuted at number two on the New York Times bestseller list. She is also the author of the novels A Good Hard Look and Within Arm's Reach. She received an MFA from New York University. She has taught fiction writing for Brooklyn College's MFA program, New York University's School of Continuing and Professional Studies, and for Gotham Writers Workshop. She is also the associate editor of One Story Literary Magazine. Welcome, Anne. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. Everybody, I should just let everyone know, I know Anne. (laughs) (laughs) She and my sister, Helen Ellis, they have known each other for a very long time and have been doing a writer's workshop together with another author, Hannah Tintini, and they... It's amazing that they continue to workshop their books with each other. For how long has it been? I think twenty-four years. Yeah, wow. I know it's. I know it's crazy. Cool. It really is. It really is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, all right. Before we get in to all the things we can talk about today, let us ask you: Who lives in your house? My husband lives in my house with me, and then I have two sons. I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Oh, my God. Are you enjoying? I don't have any pets. I'm sorry. You have what? I don't have any pets. I'm That's sorry. That's okay. That's, it's okay. You've you got enough. <laughs> you got you got tweens in your house, Anne. How's that going? I, know. I can't believe it. Is anybody starting to, like, mustache out? Is that too early to, like, stash out? No, my my 12-year-old doesn't have a stash yet, but he grew six inches in the last year. 
Oh, oh. my <laughs> God. He's 5'11". Oh, wow. He's 12 years old. Wow. Yeah, that's really weird. When your kids, like, truly morph, it's very, very strange. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to say, what is that? Is it, was it gradual or was it like he just woke up and came out and was like, <laughs> Mom, I'm not that his voice changed, but I'm like, the six inches to me means he's like shipping off to college tomorrow. I know. I know. When I walk down the street with him and he still wa- he still wants to hold my hand and I'm like, from the back, people think I'm walking with like my boyfriend. Like, I know he's like, he's like my, still my child. Oh. And then he turns around and he has like a baby face. Baby. very sweet. That is yeah. sweet and terrifying. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I am going to derail. I keep thinking about the story when he was three and you were talking about the fact that he didn't need anything else from you. He's oh. three. He had announced, you know, I don't need you to open this door for me. I don't need anything else. I am three. I could do it myself. And now he's 12. And I know. And he still needs me. I know. It's all a lie. Yes. I love it when we prove them wrong. Yeah, I know, over and over again, much to my detriment, just all the work that I have to do. Right, really true. Yeah. You're like, this is how you open the door, damn it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's talk about Dear Edward. It's your new novel, and it's about a boy who is the, happy story alert, the only survivor of a plane crash. It is, it's really a remarkable book, and I guess I have to start with what inspired Dear Edward, what inspired this? Uh, there was a real, I became obsessed with a story that was in, in the news, basically, is the origin of it. And in 2010, there was a real plane crash. Um, there was a flight from South Africa bound for London, and it crashed in Libya. And there was only one survivor, and it was a nine-year-old Dutch boy. And they found him like a half mile away from the rest of the wreckage, and he was still buckled into his airplane seat. Whoa. And he had a punctured lung and a broken leg, but he was otherwise fine. And everyone else on the flight, including his parents and his brother, had died immediately. And um, it was huge news at the time. Like, no yeah. one remembers now because there's so much that has filled our brains and fallen out the back of it. But, <laughs> um, but it was like, it was in all the papers. It was, it was completely unavoidable. And I was just, I was immediately, like, obsessed with this story. And with the idea, there was a photo of him in all the articles, one photo of him in his hospital bed. And he was so beautiful and so small and so broken and I just thought like how can he get out of that hospital bed and walk out of that hospital without his mom and his dad and his brother yeah like how is that possible and how could he possibly be okay ever um and so in a way what I tried to do was to like create a set of fictional circumstances so that I could prove to myself that there was a way to go through something like that and eventually be okay oh my god that <laughs> i know it sounds really but i was actually i like no, i loved writing this book yeah. it was actually a very joyful well, writing no, it... experience for me weirdly <laughs> enough because i had to imagine what is re- what is required in order for a person to be okay after going through something so horrible is that it requires a lot of kindness from the people around him yeah and so I, was... I spent a long time like imagining a very kind world oh that's nice yeah You've got two kids, so I have to, like, ask, because I think it's pretty normal for a parent to, like, see a story like that or anything that is 
upsetting involving a child and not like going and sitting on their children right away, right? Like just sitting on them and being like, that's it. Locked up, right? No more planes. No more planes. Yeah, no more. In fact, we're never leaving the house. Enjoy. So you said for you, writing this book helped you imagine this kind world in which this boy who survived the plane crash could walk out. How did it in any way help you in terms of processing your feelings about your own kids and, and what may come their way? Yeah, I think I was like, I was trying, you know, by doing this for this other little boy, I was trying to, I wanted to try and save him Yeah. <laughs> by writing this book. And I kind of wanted to save my children before they needed to be saved. It was like I, I needed to believe that if something terrible happened to one or both of my children, yeah, that there was a way that they could be okay, even if I wasn't there to make it so. I know, I know, it's there. it sounds terrible. No, but it's it's great. I'm just curious, has writing always been a conscious, like, exercise in coping with your own anxiety? Is that a com? Because it seems like very, it seems like you were very consciously aware of, I am going to do this <laughs> so that I can feel better and, like, yeah. move on with my life. <laughs> Um, is that is that something that you've always done, or is that a new thing for you? I think I'm more conscious now of it. Mm. I think I always did it um, innately. I realized at some point, like in my 20s, because I don't write short stories, I only write novels, and if you write novels, like Dear Edward took me eight years, Yeah. so it's not fast. So <laughs> I didn't get published at all until I was like 31 years old, because the first two novels I wrote didn't sell, like didn't find a publisher, were not published. And so like when I was like 28 years old, I had told like everyone in my life knew that this was my aspiration. I was like failing failing with a capital F (laughs) at what I had decided I wanted to do. I was working as a personal assistant to make money, etc. But this was like my goal. And uh, so I got depressed and my father was sending me law school pamphlets in the mail, (laughs) which you can relate to, I'm sure, Teresa. Um, But I... uh, and, and there was yeah, well, yeah. like a fork in the road, and which which way do you go? But I I found that the only way for me to climb out of that my depression at that point, and it was like a legitimate like life altering moment, depression was to write. Like the only way that I could feel whole again was the act of writing. And at that point, at like twenty eight, I was just like, oh, okay. In order for my it's like your self-care yeah. routine gets bigger and bigger as you grow older, at least in my own experience. There's now like seven things that I have to do in order to be like a <laughs> a, a complete human being right. who's like nice to the people around her. And I realized very early that writing was one of them. So it's definitely the way that I both process the world and, and stitch myself together on a daily basis. I I just have to say one of the things that I love about you and the writing group, including my sister. And I feel like it was something that you guys maybe came to over having uh, written together for so long is the acceptance of the failures, because all of you have now been published and, (laughs) and, you know, can say that you're writers and novelists and all that. And like, but people, I don't think we get to hear the stories of the, oh, my first two, never seen. I know that for Helen Michelle, she just stopped writing for a while. You know, yeah. like, that leads me to this question that I think a lot of people sort of wrestle with after kids wind up in their house. 
it's really easy to stop doing the thing that you need to do to take care of yourself, to be yeah. a, a human. Did you struggle with that? How, how did you deal with that with kids? I think for me, the it was always so stark. Like, I feel so subpar if I don't write that it was, it's very clear that mm-hmm. I couldn't be a good mother and I couldn't be a wife and I couldn't be a friend if I didn't give myself this. And the way that I kind of like eke it out through feeling really guilty and like this is, you know, a waste of time or I'm not making money, et cetera, is that I'll like make deals with myself where I have to write for five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And then when I've written for five minutes, I put an X in my calendar. And my job, my only job is to see how many X's in a row I can string together. And, of course, many days I would write for more than five minutes. But that five minutes was like taking my medication for that day. Yeah. And, I, and I could do more. And, of course, and I couldn't talk myself out of five minutes because we always have five minutes. Yeah, that's genius. <laughs> I really like the idea of the X. I mean, like, that's... And the five minutes, that feels like a it's a very realistic sort of goal as well as the, like, tangible satisfaction of visually seeing and physically crossing that moment off. Yeah. And I don't think we give ourselves – We I know. I know that most of us do not give ourselves the importance of giving ourselves that thing that makes us a person in, yeah. in the world. I want to go back – to Dear Edward for a second, we've done a couple of shows on grief recently, and we actually just had a show where we were talking about being a parent while grieving with a grief expert. And I guess I'm curious to hear your relationship with grief and how that went into, like, Edward's process of of grieving, well, I guess where I came, Edward and I came out, one of the sort of ideas that I developed through it was, which is not a new idea, but of course, it's where he came to, is that love and grief are two sides of the same coin. So if you risk your heart, and we should risk our hearts, it's about connecting and loving and smiling kindly at someone and, and doing the small things that make lives e- the ma- lives of the people around us easier, you're putting yourself at risk for the other side of the coin because if you lose what you love, then you're in grief. Whereas we accept, and it's much easier, of, obviously, for us to accept that love is beautiful and necessary and, and enriching. The thing is that the grief is beautiful and deep and even enriching as well. And we all go through, at some point in our life, and probably multiple times in our life, we encounter some kind of an event, whether it's your mother dies or your biochemistry changes and all of a sudden your bones are soaked with sadness, where you feel like it's impossible to move past this moment that you're in yeah. and and not be destroyed by it, but to be more on the other side. And so what interested me the most about it was how do we take ourselves through it in a conscious way so that we're more on the other side? And that's what Edward had to do. Oh, I love that. That is a a nice narrative to put on that 
process. That's you should you should write a book. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I want to uh, wrap up on a different project that you have been working on that all of you have been involved in and from your original writers group, and that I am a huge fan of, and that is the one story literary magazine, and there's also one teen story literary magazine, and we just in a world of online, online, have no time, blah, blah, blah. I love literary magazines. I think it's such a wonderful idea. Can you talk about one story? Because I would really like people to know it is out there. Yes, it's, it is an amazing thing, which I play a very small part in. Hannah Tinty, who's mm-hmm. with H- Helen and I in our writer group, while we were actually in graduate school together, she and another writer named Mary Beth Bacha started one story together. So it's been running for I think 17 years, but I'm very bad with numbers. (laughs) And so what it is is literally one story that comes in an envelope to your house about once a month. And the truly genius thing about one story is that it's in its, let's say, 17th year. And it's in like issue 240-something, I think, now. So you're getting one a month for 17 years. And the pledge is that one story never publishes an author more than once. So that is 243 different authors that are being delivered to you. So it's it's not just the big names. It, it Actually, we do publish the big names sometimes, but we also publish all the time debut writers from around the world, and we're giving voices to people that don't have voices. And it's very fulfilling, and it's it's such important work that Mary Beth and Hannah do, and our editor, Patrick Ryan, is, is spectacular. So I highly recommend you can go to One Story. If you just Google One Story Literary Magazine, it'll come right up. You can subscribe. It's extremely affordable. It comes right to your mailbox. And it's just like it's a it's goodness in the world. Oh, yes. It's just like a little reading candy that you get. It is. Every month. And it's excellence, too. Like, it's just a very high standard of fiction. Well, we'll make sure that we add that link in the show notes. So everybody check out the show notes as well as where they can find Dear Edward Give a shout out to your indie bookstores. Everybody go check out those indie bookstores as well as where they can find out more about you. And thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It was our pleasure. And we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. And say hi to Hannah and Helen if you see them. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Biz and Teresa. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Pick up the phone when you I call. moving now, no longer This is your captain with an update from the flight deck. We'll be reaching Max Fun Drive on March 16th. That's right on time. As a reminder, Max Fun Drive runs for just two weeks, and it's the best time of year to support the podcasts you love. If you look towards the front, you'll see your favorite hosts with special bonus content and lovely thank you gifts for new and upgrading monthly members. Now, sit back, relax, and catch up on your favorite Max Fun shows now so you can listen to the new episodes releasing March 16th. And thanks again for choosing Maximum Fun.
Macho Man to the top rope. The flying elbow, the cover. We've got a new champion. We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself excluded. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Anne Napolitano, Dear Edward, and the Literary Magazine, One Story. These are all things that we should be checking out. I, I loved when she said, I had to write yeah. this in order to go on the journey with this child that they were going to be able to walk out of this. Yes. And I, and I think that is the crux of yeah. every anxious, you know, concern we have is, is my child going to be able to get on the other side of this? Yes. Speaking of getting on the other side of things, <laughs> let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, One Bad Mothers. I am calling with a rant. I just got in my car so that I could run an errand by myself. And I should be grateful, but I'm just so sad that I just feel like quitting my job three years ago and being a stay-at-home parent was a huge mistake. It was fine for a while, and I felt like I made a really good decision. And then my husband and I just had a baby again. And, like, all things considered, it's actually been going really well. Like, motherhood has been just a little bit easier this time around, and I feel like I'm not as anxious about everything. I'm kind of rolling with things more. But... Ever since we had our son, my husband has just been working crazy hours, and I just feel like my schedule is so unpredictable, and I just have to roll with all these things all the time. And, like, I totally get it. Like, he's supportive, and he communicates with me, and he's not doing anything wrong. But, like, I'm just pissed at him all the time. And I feel so resentful that, like, everything I do is just for other people all the time. Like, I used to have a career that I was really good at. And I had friends that I used to go do more things with. And I just felt like I had a life. And, like, people who saw me as something other than just a mom. And I'm just, like, really, I feel like I'm really falling apart right now. And I'm, like, going to the grocery store to go get food to take to this party that we're all going to later. So, like, I need to get myself together. But I just wanted to call because no one else gives a shit. And you guys are doing a really good job helping me through some really hard times. So even when I suck, thank you. You're doing great. Bye. I I love you, and you are doing such a good job. And I think, Teresa and I could have many things to say about this. 
my main thing is it is all real. Everything you just said. Those are truths. Yeah. And I, the the resentment factor mm -hmm. in yep. particular, mm -hmm. I think it is unfair for any of us to think that when children come into your house, <laughs> any big change like that, that you can avoid it. Mm -hmm. You can't. I just don't buy that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. The best relationships in the world, at some point, it's going to feel off. Yeah. Okay? Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, we all know you didn't marry an asshole. Your feeling experience is what is at play here. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is, and th those are really valid, valid feelings. In fact, I started a whole podcast <laughs> to yeah. talk about those exact feelings. I had a really odd reaction to your call, which was that it made me feel like laughing hysterically yeah, like and I crazy control myself. Yeah, me too. And I think it is literally just because it was so absurdly true. Yeah. Like literally every word you yes. said, I feel personally yes. so deeply and it's like all I could think was well, yeah, yeah yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. um I texted biz before <laughs> before the show <laughs> saying how like how iffy I was feeling yeah I'm not sure you used the word iffy but I yes. don't think I use the word iffy I use a different stronger word, word. <laughs> it is so hard and it is why we're here and it is so relentless. It's relentless. I feel like we are constantly telling each other that we're doing a great job and we're working really hard. And that's important. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's really important. But there is this other kind of problem with that. Yeah. Which is that we keep saying it. But it's still really hard. And we keep needing to hear it. Like, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, because you're doing a good job, it's not getting well, better. Because it's never enough. <laughs> like, yeah, it's never, never enough. like, I feel like I sometimes feel like I'm the only one in the world mm. who wants everything to be good and easy and for me to relax. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, I feel like if I ever get to the point where I could have that, yeah. I have things being dumped on me. Dumped, yeah. And I interpret it that way. This is my yeah. interpretation. I could just say, that's not for me. I'm not going to take that on. <laughs> right. I could do that a lot more. Sure. But I wasn't raised to do that. Yep. And our society doesn't teach us to do that. Yep. And sometimes it's just not possible. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, I agree. So... I don't know. Yeah, I the it's angering. It we is angering. It's maddening. It's it's the, maddening. It's maddening. Yes, in, in the full sense of both anger and like hysterics and like true madness. Yeah, like true. Yeah, unstable. Yeah, madness. The feeling of questioning yourself. Well, is it hard? Is it? This doesn't. This couldn't be that hard. Yeah. Someone else has it harder. Yeah. And or, or I, 
You know, I really, I think one of the things that made us laugh in that, like, true madness, we all yeah. are in the institution, like, moment is yeah. the, like, where you were like, I mean, it's a little easier than it yeah. was last it's time. It's actually going really it's well. It's going really well. It's going really like, well. <laughs> how many times have yes. I, like, sat in front of the I've laundry machine yes. or in a parking lot, yes. crying hysterically, yes. going, like, things are yes. really better. It's so much better. <laughs> Because <laughs> it, there's, yeah, it's not wrong. No. Like, that's the thing. That's yes. not, it's not wrong. Then but, like, we, we've gotten to this place yeah. that is so absurd. It's absurd. And yet, that's where the, I think the maddening laughter comes from. Yes. Is it's like, we're all in on the secret yeah. that it's absurd. Yes. But the image that is all around us yes. is this one of, like, perfection mm-hmm. and order yeah. and white furniture yeah. and fulfillment. Yeah. So we're all walking around being like, are we the only ones yeah. who see this? Yeah. All of this is to say, <laughs> you are doing a good job. Yeah. That is not to say or disrespect how fucking hard and absurd it is that you woke up and you're still here. Yeah. You are doing a good job. You are. And we see you. We do. Oh, we see we you. We are living it. We feel you in our bones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that staying home for whatever reason with your family may not be the dream that was promised to us by various advertisements, stories, <laughs> TV shows, movies, or even our own memories mm-hmm. of what it was like staying home all day. Sure, I bet there are pockets of fun, but this isn't about that. This is about our feeling experience, trying to get through what is a very long day. It's a very long day. There's many hours in the day. Many hours. 24 of them, in (laughs) fact. Any one of them potentially up for grabs. Okay? (laughs) We also learned that it is really important to, when you have the clarity and the thing that you need self-care-wise is screaming at you Mm -hmm. to listen to that and that it is okay And you have permission to try and find a way to do it, to -hmm. take care of yourself. Yeah. You you actually do. Yeah. Get to take care of yourself. And I like the, we often talked about setting the bar low. Low. This is about what can I do that will work? Yeah. And sometimes it's five minutes and focusing on getting as many X's as you can. And if that will work, then perfect. Yeah. That's enough. It's not somebody shouting at you. Do your self-care already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't, that's not how that works. Right. Low bar, guys. Yeah. Low bar. Yeah. Very big thank you to Anna Napolitano for joining us. Uh, again, her new book is Dear Edward, and uh, we'll link everybody up to that, as well as One Story Literary Magazine. Everybody, let's just say it. It is a weird time right now. Mm-hmm. I know. The show ephemeral supposed to be timeless not Mm -hmm. timely but 
it is uh, weird all over the world right now, and it is really a hard place to try and organize your thoughts, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm having a hard time organizing my thoughts and, like, knowing where my concerns should lie right now, and that's a real place. And I mean, we mentioned it earlier on, the anxiety, the things that we can and can't control. And, ah, you know, and we need to be really kind to ourselves and each other if we can. OK. You're all doing a remarkable job. OK. And there are so many things happening in your day and in your life that the rest of us don't see. And. You know, being home all day presents challenges. Having to go to work all day presents challenges. Your children present challenges. We have other family members that are in our lives that we care about and that we have to take care of. And, you know, that that doesn't even begin to hit all the just social around us, right? Like, it's its own little sack of bananas and bees just right in our own houses, Okay. And by the way, yeah. whatever is working well yeah. in your life, that is great. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I want none of us to feel that we need to suffer yeah. in order for this to be real. Like <laughs> if I just keep poking myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I agree. We don't like if if it's going great. That is so great. Oh, so good. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like I had a few days there. Yeah, that and were that really was great. really great. Yeah. You know? And I don't... Yeah. I don't... I, I don't see why we can't have, have that... really good days. For free. Like, for free, without like, an excuse. Without, yeah, without an excuse or without feeling like, well... Who knows what's to come then or, you know, because obviously everything has to be horrible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And if I and if I get some time to myself, oh, I probably should have spent that yeah. doing something else so that things could be horrible. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No to that. No to that. You you're, guys are doing enough. God, you're doing so much. Yeah. And you're you're doing it. Yeah, you are. And we see you doing it. We do. Let's celebrate the successes without apology. Mm -hmm. And let's high five those of us crying at Target parking lots. You got this. And you're going to get it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, you are doing such a good job. Thank you, Biz. You are also doing a very good job. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. 
For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama's room. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama's room. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.